Hi, Mayo. Okay, for the Hello, audience Deborah. or attendees. Hi, there you are. For the attendees that have joined us, if you wish to speak on an agenda item, please use the chat feature and let us know what agenda item you wish to speak on. And we will call you up when that agenda item comes up and uh, it's time for uh, public speakers. Hi, Jim, did you want to go ahead and test your mic? Looks like I can't hear you. Testing one, two, three. How do you copy? There you go. Okay. I just had to download uh, WebEx back on my computer. I had lost it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, okay. Bill, don't, don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger. I've been suffering through this for three, for the whole year. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Susan Mulligan, did you want to test your microphone? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, there you are. Sounds great. Okay, for any of the attendees that are joining us, if you wish to speak on an agenda item, please use the chat feature. Let us know what agenda item you'd like to speak on, and we'll call you uh, once you have called out that uh, agenda item. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, oh, yes, Nova, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't see you clap on him. Yeah. So we're waiting for Grant. And we have about three minutes. And Susan, of course. Is Bob going to run the meeting tonight? Yes, he is. Okay, yes, good. I, I suppose so, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Since Gerhardt's not around, that's great. Uh, well, I hope he's enjoying his vacation or trip wherever he happens to be. I'm sure he's glad he can take a trip. Well, you know, it's a good time to travel. The sun is out and things are starting to calm down a little bit. So I hope. Yeah, yeah. Just let me know when Grant gets on board. And... Okay, I will do that. I'm keeping my eye out for him and Jim, we can see you much better. You're in the light. Was I not in the light? No, you've been pretty dark before. Whatever you're doing now, I can see you a whole lot better. 
Uh, we still have sunshine in the room. <laughs> that must be it. Okay, for those of you that are joining us as attendees, if you wish to speak on an agenda item, please use the chat feature and let us know which agenda item you'd like to speak to. Bob Grant says he's signing on now. We'll give him a minute. Before we begin, Deborah, um, not to interrupt what you're about to do, the last email I read from you, we did not have anybody as of yet joining to make comments. Do you know if we, anybody has joined yet from our community? Um, well, what I can tell you is when I stated that earlier is because um, we allow written comments up until 3 p.m. So that's why you'll always receive a supplemental packet after three. We had not received any written communications after three and actually not as of this point either. Okay. Um, however, there are uh, six attendees uh, at this point. Um, and so if they start to chat and say they want to speak, I will, uh, the clerk will let me know and then we'll let you know. Okay. Susan, did you want to go ahead and test your microphone? Which Susan? Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank okay, you. so now we're waiting for Grant. Let me see if he's from assistance. A little early for yawns there, uh, Nova. <laughs> I was just practicing for later. Just kidding. Oh, 
my apologies. In order to help these uh, the consultant and Grant get signed in, I have to take off the uh, PowerPoint. So I'll put it back up in a moment. What were these meetings like in the olden days? Pretty fun. <laughs> it was nicer to be in person. I hope we can do it again soon. How far do you want to go back? <laughs> I don't know. I've been to a couple of meetings uh, uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, and I thought they were fun in person. But this is good. Never used to provide snacks. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Suzanne is correct. The snacks, I won't say were a high point, but they sure helped. <laughs> but Suzanne already had her snack, as we noted this evening. <laughs> and uh, Chair McCord, since she'll be the chair tonight, um, I do have a few words to say before, probably after um, roll call. Wanted to mention something. Okay. Um. Will Betsy Cooper be doing some of the presentations, I presume? I am actually not taking the lead in any of the presentations tonight. Oh, all right. Okay. Kennedy Jenks is going to do, Meredith, she'll get introduced here. We're having our consultant do the first one, and then Jenny is going to do the other two. Okay. Okay, so Grant's still having uh, issues, but he said we could start with Adam. That's entirely up to you, uh, Commissioner McCord. Um, All right, should I go ahead and begin? You want to call the meeting to order? Oh, yes. Yes, I will. Uh, good evening. Good evening, all. Um, this is the meeting for the Water Agent uh, Commission for April 27th. I want to welcome to everybody and members of our community who may have joined. Um, there's uh, two PowerPoint um, slides that will be show a welcome, number one, and number two, how to join if you have comments. Um, so that as of that, though, I would ask that our secretary call the roll, please. Commissioner Ackerman. Here. Commissioner Burton. Absent for now. Commissioner Kleit. Here. Commissioner McCombs. Here. Commissioner Mulligan. Here. Commissioner McCord. Here. And Commissioner Hubner is absent this evening. All right, tonight we have five agenda items, but before we start through those, um, our, I think Ms. Rungan would like to address the commission and the 
on some matter? Yes, thank yes. you, Chair. Um, just real quickly, I wanted to mention uh, Dan Carmode, who many of you may have known, uh, passed away recently. And I just wanted to say that um, we really appreciated a lot of his thoughtful comments. Um, he had a lot of um, comments for Water Commission, for City Council, um, and we just really appreciated his community outreach and the information he provided to everyone. So just wanted to state that. Uh, for those of you who did not know Dan, he worked very hard and very passionately about water. And he was at every meeting that I can recall when we were all meeting up until perhaps sometime last year when he began to have issues. And uh, it's very sad to hear about his passing. Um, I suppose it would be appropriate then to move to agenda item one, uh, which would be the minutes of two meetings. And there are two meetings, minutes of two meetings. The first would be the minutes of March 23rd, 2021. Um, I'm sure each commissioner has a copy of those minutes. Are there any suggested changes or modifications to those minutes? Not hearing any, I would entertain a motion to approve as written. I'll make that motion. This is Suzanne. I'll second that motion. This is Nova. Yeah, are there, I don't see any further need for discussion given the motion in the second. Um, perhaps we should call for the vote. Uh, Commissioner Chair, uh, McCord, are we voting on the 23rd minute and the 30th, or did you want to do them individually? There's two parts, the March 23rd ones. So we're doing one, okay. Okay, Commissioner Sherman. Commissioner Ackerman. Yes. Commissioner White? Yes. Commissioner McComb? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner McCorn? Yes. Okay. That then takes us to the second part of agenda item one, which would be the special meeting of March 30th. The minutes have been distributed. Are there any suggested changes or modifications to those minutes? Hearing none, I would entertain a motion to approve. Make that motion. This is Suzanne. I'll second. This is Nova. If the secretary would then call for the vote. Commissioner Ackerman. Yes. Commissioner Clay? Yes. Commissioner McComb? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner McCord? Yes. I believe that would then take us to agenda item number two, which is the draft 2020 urban water management plan. And we have before us a staff report as well as the plan itself, which has been distributed. 
Um, Mrs. Trevo, I believe, would be the presenter. I believe that's who you're going to be introducing. Meredith. Sure. Do you want me to introduce her or Susan? Yeah, go ahead, Betsy. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so tonight we're going to have our consultant who prepared um, the urban water management plan. They also prepared the uh, water shortage event contingency plan that was just approved last night at council, by the way. Um, anyway, um, so tonight, Meredith Clement from Kennedy Jenks Consultants is going to give the presentation on the draft 2020 urban water management plan. So Meredith. Hi, good oh, hi, good evening. Um, my name is Meredith Clement. I've appeared before some of you and other for other uh, planning uh, studies that the city of Ventura has undertaken. Anyway, um, so I'm pleased to present the 2020, uh, the draft urban water management plan. Um, I guess if we can go to the next slide, I was just gonna give you a kind of an overview about why we do urban water management plans. The city already has a pretty robust planning process. Um, but Excuse me, Miss Clement. Is yes. am I? Uh, I'm. Your voice is kind of faint from my end. Is everyone oh. getting good good sound? Yeah, maybe if you can speak up a little bit, Meredith. Okay, I will talk louder. I'm the only person here. <laughs> Won't bother anybody. That's great. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, so you may wonder why do we do an urban water management plan when the city already has a pretty robust water planning process. Uh, the we do an urban water management plan and we do it in five year increments typically to, is uh, because it's state law and uh, is due to DWR um, under current legislation. It's due by July 1st of 2021. It's a necessary component for grant funding and state loan funding. Um, but and broadly, the state in an urban water management plan asks us to look at uh, long term planning. So through 2040. We are going a little bit above and beyond and going to 2045. And then kind of recently, they've asked for information on what does your immediate 5 years look like, particularly if we have a drought. So you have a kind of a piece that looks at your long term supplies and demands, and then you have a piece that looks at your short term supplies and demands. So it's just kind of a broad look at like are our supplies and demands going to line up. If not, what are our options for dealing with uh, a difference? Um, and we look at those supplies and demands under a couple different, I guess, scenarios. We look at them in a normal year, a normal year being kind of what we expect over the long term, long term averages. Uh, then the single dry year. So we look at the hydrologic record and figure out what your single dry year looks like. And that could be different depending on water source. So we end up kind of taking a pretty conservative view of what your single dry year is. We take the single driest year in source A, source B, and source C, which might not have all been the same year. And we add them up and that's we come up with a single dry year. And then we look at a five year drought period. In the 2015 urban water management plan, uh, we looked at a three-year drought period, and now the state is asking us to plan for a five-year drought period. So we now look at a five-year drought period. Uh, we look at the various water uses you have, um, like if it's single-family, multi-family, industrial, those kind of things, and um, if you what your water loss looks like, water loss being the difference between what you produce and what you sell. Um, it could be a meter reading error. It could be you have... Um, 
some uses that are like temporary and not metered, those kind of things. But we look at what the uh, what your water loss is, um, and then we put together the report. There's a few other uh, little context things in there, but that's the main gist of the urban plan and why we do it. Um, sorry, I can't. I was trying to advance the slides from my end. Sorry, that didn't work. Uh, so the urban plan also acts as kind of a um, description, kind of a lay description of your service area, uh, what our land uses look like, what our climate looks like, what our historic water uses have been, what we anticipate our future water um, uses have been. The state is also uh, in the urban water management plan. We look at your water use targets. Uh, they're it's a long name, but Senate Bill 7, a special extended session 7 was um, a some legislation put into effect during the last drought or maybe even ahead of that, where we looked at um, encouraged water agencies to reduce water use 20% by year 2020. So in past urban plans and in this one, we, um, we look at um, what you used kind of in the past from a historic baseline and how you are now achieving less and less water use per capita. So, and you guys have hit those targets. So that's one thing to report here. In future urban water management plans, we will have to report how you're meeting, uh, making water conservation a California way of life. Those standards have not been promulgated yet, but um, so that's kind of the water use target we will talk about in the 2025 urban water. Actually, I, I could take it back. The 2024 urban water management plan, the state is asking you do kind of a between five years time frame uh, look at your water use and supplies in 2024 to see if you're on track to hit the water use targets under some new legislation. So there will be a, I guess, an urban water management plan mini required in 2024. Uh, the other things we look at are the effects of climate change. If you have, even if you have the supply available, do you have the infrastructure? Would you have water quality issues delivering this water? So we look at supply, not just purely as supply, but your ability to use and deliver it. Um, we also look at the energy intensity of water. That's just a new piece of information the state is asking for. Um, demand management measures and are, do we think they're gonna work for meeting future targets? And then um, the water shortage contingency plan, which is largely contained. It, it's kind of just a rehash of what's in that water shortage event contingency plan. That you guys have already seen, but it is summarized again in the urban water management plan. So, if we go on to the next slide, we kind of have the, I guess, the bread and butter of the urban water management plan, which is the uh, supplies compared to supplies and demand. This table is showing a comparison of supplies and demands in uh, a normal year, kind of our more typical year. And you can see our supplies are Casitas, Ventura River, groundwater, recycled water. Uh, state water project and then our plan put were used through Ventura Water Pure. Um, I know we got some comments already on this particular table and the related content on the urban water management plan about our treatment of state water project water. Uh, the text, uh, the written text describes how we think there is actually long term 5400 acre feet a year of state water project available. Uh, we did not this table. And it's a topic of discussion does not reflect that 5400 because um, we don't think Ventura Water will actually take it. It's not kind of how they intend on operating the system. But we, I think we wanted to stop here and discuss 
how we handle state water project in uh, the urban water management plan. I was the one that made the comment. Do you want me to talk about it? Yeah, if you, yeah, get us started on our, our thoughts. <laughs> well, my thought was when you looked at the dry year and the multiple dry year scenario, you used the state project water availability from that DWR availability report. And in this chart, you didn't. So that for the dry years, it looks like there's some state project water available. And for this chart, it doesn't. Um, this is about available supplies and there should be 5,400 acre feet available whether or not the city decides to use it. Um, and in another place, the city said, the report says the city plans to take 1,300 acre feet a year for blending. So I would recommend that the available supply be put here. Uh, and if zero is available, then the interconnection is not particularly useful. So that would be my proposal is to make this consistent with the other two tables that use the DWR availability report. So Susan Mulligan, we, this is a topic we've discussed at length in the various iteration of all the various reports that we do. And it was my understanding that the consensus was that we were not going to show state water as a regularly used supply, but that instead it was available for backup. Because if we put it in as regularly available, then we have a dilemma in a year when, you know, like this one where it appears that, you know, our allocation is going to be potentially only 5% at best. And so I, I, I understand what you're saying, but I think it would be problematic if we did an about face on all those previous policy decisions where we'd said we're, we're not including it. Well, if we have a connection and we don't include it as a supply, to me, that seems odd. And if we're going to say zero in this one, we need to say zero for all the other ones. Well, but in and all I the other ones, we footnoted it. But in all the others, we had a footnote that explained why it was zero. No, I so, mean the other tables in the urban water management plan. In the urban water management plan in the dry year and multiple dry year, the number is not zero. It's higher than zero. Right. Um, I, so I'll go over what the footnotes say, because you guys don't have the benefit of seeing those right up in, on the screen. The footnote does, the footnote that is in the urban plan itself, uh, does talk about how we believe there's 5,400 available, but we are to be kind of consistent with, consistent with the city's intent. We are showing this as zero in a normal year because we're anticipating those other supplies are sufficient. Um, but it is true we do talk about 1300 and other tables to, for water quality purposes and we would probably want that 5400 available if for example even in a normal year for some reason casitas was delivering water of unacceptable quality or something happened on the ventura river an infrastructure outage or something we would want to tap into that 5400 so we're kind of guessing about what operations look like in the future so we, we don't you know we don't know Exactly. We don't know what the future. I think that was. I so, think how do you square the zero with the? With, go ahead. My question is, how, how do you square the zero with the comment in the report that you'll take Ventura will take thirteen hundred acre feet a year for blending? 
No, it should. You're right. I think it should show at least 1300 if we think that. But we, to, to be fair, if we're doing it just strictly on the delivery capability report, it's a 5400. I would like to add my comment unless other commissioners do. Um, if this is supposed to present to the public, um, charts tend to stick in people's minds quicker than your narrative in the body of the report. And to say state water project water is zero would be partially true and partially untrue. And I know that's an equivocal comment, but there has, if it's going to be zero and the citizens are saying pay for an interconnect, I understand it's backup water, got that. But there's also a blending concept that's going to come into play. So, so there should be, doesn't have to be 5,400 or 5,500 acre feet, but it should be consistent with the narrative. So I believe that you should put that in there if between 2020 and 2025 and forward. Um, and particularly since state water is going to be, we're going to complete that uh, between 2025 and 2030 is my understanding. I, so I think zero would be not appropriate. Bob, I would second your comment that, you know, we're fixated on a chart um but the chart needs to be consistent with the actual report and i think as if, if we're consistent in the report then the chart that's used for presentations at council and the public needs to reflect that while we're on this slide i would tell you that my larger concern about this is the the acre feet we're showing for casitas in 2025 i mean i would put the question to nova as the hydrologist is there any climatic scenario under which we can envision Casitas getting back to a level, you know, in the next four years that would allow us to even think that we could reasonably take the quote normal supply. How much above average rainfall would it take for Casitas to go back to a level which would take them out of their stage three such that we could actually achieve that take? Uh, well, I, I don't feel really qualified to answer that, sorry. Um, but I think, you know, I think we should plan for continued long-term drought. Uh, that my feeling is that the whole Western United States is exhibiting the characteristics of uh, a long-term drought. So even if we have, you know, a rainy winter or two, uh, that doesn't mean we're out of the drought, even if we have an atmospheric river event. So I, I agree with you if this number is reflective of more um, wet times that we should maybe, if we're going to say zero for state water project, then we should perhaps be more realistic about what's available from Casitas. So I guess I want to just go over what this table is. This, so there's a couple things you look at in an urban water management plan. You look at your normal, like your long-term averages. And so this is what this is saying. This is kind of what we think long-term averages. Um, there is another table, and I apologize, it's not in here, what we think uh, 2025 will look like 
uh, in continued drought. So that may be more the table you guys are referring to uh, talking about uh, Casitas near term. But so DWR asks us to play play out certain scenarios, one being the normal year that occurred in 2025 through 2040. And we we're going through 2045. If we had a single dry year, 2025 to 2040. If we had five year drought starting in 2020, going through 2025, 2025 to 2030, and that is another table. And then our very near term, what we think um, if we were in drought. So that table also exists in the urban water management plan. So we kind of, we look at things in a bunch of different ways, but this particular table is looking at in a normal year, long-term averages, what do we think? What do we anticipate being able to take from these different su supply sources? My concern, Meredith, is I can't envision a circumstance based on what we've seen in the last five years that would get us to a quote, normal amount of supply available by 2025. If considering the levels we're at at Casitas currently, and, and that and if I'm wrong, that's great, but I think we need a hydrologist to say, is there any scenario under which within that calendar period that's contemplated from today to 2025, could Casitas get back to normal supplies? Um, I, I, I'll, I'll jump in real, I mean, I think it is, it is possible, whether or not it's probable or likely, but I think that there are um, potential scenarios under which the next four years, if climatic conditions were right, it could, it, it could get back to um, out, of their, out of their weed. Um, and, and here we're, again, like Meredith said, like we have other tables where we play out what will happen if it, if it doesn't get back to normal. This was playing out the scenario of, of getting to normal. And I think we can argue about whether or not it's likely that the lake would be normal in 2025. It is, I think, potentially feasible under the right conditions. Um, Ms. Ms. Clements, I'm sorry, Ms. Clark, Commissioner Clay, yes. Uh, so given that, then back to state water, why are we not including state water? If we're going to be optimistic about Casitas, why are we not being optimistic about state water projects? Can I chime in for a second about state water, um, if, if you don't mind, Commissioner Clyde? Yeah, thank you. Um, so we have struggled a little bit with state water, and, and we do think of it as being treated differently. Um, first of all, our, the approved EIR um, indicates that we will be using state water to make up for losses in um, our existing supplies and to improve water quality. Um, so in a normal year, we've got Casitas full out of their weep. We've got Ventura water flowing well. We've got a lot of cheaper supplies that we would probably want to be um, um, taking from um, in lieu of state water during good years. Um, so we wouldn't be taking as likely as much state water. However, we do want it for water quality and we do, if it's a good year, we'd like to rest our water, water groundwater basins also. So we like to conjunctively use it in, in some way. Um, on a normal year using 5,400, probably operationally, we wouldn't be doing that. Um, so one 
way of possibly handling it is two ways that came to my mind is either put like groundwater and state water on the same line because then you're kind of conjunctively using them um, and um, and not only put 5400 there but show that same groundwater supply and um, indicate that you'd be making up some of those groundwater uses that were more in drier years and using state water then to kind of rest our groundwater sources. Or you could pull it down kind of like we've done in the past at the Comprehensive Water Resources Report and pull it out of this table, do it below, which is also maybe a little bit confusing, but might make some sense because then you're, you're portraying that it is being handled a little bit differently than the other sources and, um, and, and provide notes to clarify that it could be, because the report does say 5,400 in a normal year or an average year, mm -hmm. it shows 1,300 for water quality reasons, and then it shows 900 in a, um, which was the single year lowest um, in, um, during the hydraulic conditions that, that DWR is based on for this. So um, anyway, those are my thoughts. And I don't know if they help. <laughs> I think uh, you're headed in a good direction. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to. All these comments are. Um, I'd like to put into some his, historical perspective, and then they're, they're all helpful. Um, I'm going to date myself a little here. I I came here 51 years ago on the heels of a massive flood. Casitas was full. And you can move forward every 10 years, uh, and the water came down the river, and then Casitas became full. One can always remember the conversations in 1989 um, and 90 when truly the city council was talking about, I thought they wanted to haul icebergs down the coast for a source of water. No, that's true. It's in the it's in the minutes. And then the March miracle happened. And voila, the river, the lake was full. So all I was commenting on is that myself, all of us as human beings, we don't have a clue what's going to happen in 10 years. We don't know. Mm -hmm. And yes, conditions now are dry. I think Miss Clyde is right, as is everybody. I mean, what What's you can't ignore that the state water th allocation of five percent right now. You can't ignore that. Can't ignore that it happened in 2014, but you can't ignore the 10-year swings that typically happen for the last time I've been in this community. So state water is a source uh, for quality. I think the people in eastern Ventura are looking forward to that. When we talked about the rate increase, frankly, we talked about that. I mean, they deserve that and where it can be used for practical reasons, somehow in this chart, we have to make it consistent with that idea. And so much for my thoughts on this subject. Yes. I think Here. Betsy is headed in a good direction with explaining that in a normal year, it's not the city's intention to use state project water. So that although 
the state, the DWR availability report says that an average year 5,400 acre feet a year will be available. It is not the city's intention to use 5,400 acre feet, and that's why it's either zero here or maybe 1,300 if you plan to use 1,300 in a normal year. But I think that needs to be explained somehow. Um, and if it stays at zero, then the other tables for single dry and multiple dry years ought to be zero too. But I think I think I understand, and I think that explanation needs to be put in a footnote, Betsy. Uh, does anybody else on the commission uh, or staff have any other questions or comments? Uh, or should we continue? Um, one comment, I think we were sold uh, on the state water project, the interconnect as a way to augment and um, uh, add to our uh, water on the east end and uh, make it a better product. And looking at the zero there, I look at that, I go, wait a second. I thought we were putting a bunch of money into that connection and how uh, it was going to come from Pelagos and come into Ventura and uh, it would it would offset some of the Casitas water. So I'm a little confused by that. Yes, Ms. McCombs. Yeah, Betsy, I like your suggestion of perhaps in the charts that are used for presentation purposes, as opposed to the tables that are required for the report, that you combine groundwater and state water with a note along the a footnote along the lines of what you discussed. Because one of my concerns is, you know, when we add every possible optimistic assumption. We get to great supply numbers like what we have here, and yet we know, based on the directions we're getting from the various groundwater management agencies and so on, that those yields are going to go down. And so my concern is if we take one after another of the optimistic assumptions without the realistic, you know, as a citizen, I'd look at this and go, so why do we need extra water supply? And that I don't think is the conclusion we're coming to. Yeah, it's conceivable in a Pollyanna scenario that yes, everything might be fabulous again, but in the meantime, we have the responsibility to plan for the eventuality that it may not. And so I think it's important that we continue to drive home that we're, you know, we're addressing multiple masters with these various reports and trying to make fiscally responsible and fiduciarily responsible decisions so that we will have enough water for the various possible scenarios. Um, I would like to add just one um, supplemental comment to Ms. McCombs comment uh, about the groundwater management agencies and those who we're surrounded with is they're going to continue to pull us down. I, I use a term in the sense that are going to be greater demands, a more regional approach, and I have not forgotten the role the state of California is playing in the requirements that are being imposed on a regional basis. I'm not sure that comment helps us move moves us along, but it seems to me that you need to reconcile the zero numbers in this chart with perhaps a footnote. I think Mr. Ackerman's comments are right on.
Okay, we will work on this short chart. I think it's good for Meredith to go on because we do, this is normal, this is good, but we do look at the drought scenarios next. And so uh, maybe if Meredith, uh, we can come back to this if we want, but uh, maybe if Meredith presents everything, it'll give big, the rest of the presentation will give bigger context. Yes. Yeah, if we can go on to the next slide, I um, don't think it's going to be quite as interesting. Um, so this is the single dry year. Uh, this is what we anticipate. And so single dry year is kind of a, a also a little bit of a construct. It's we have a dry year that then we rebound right afterwards. Um, examples of this are like 1977. There's a couple examples. Um, so some of our supplies in a, in a single dry year are not wildly affected, including casitas, the, um, but the river drops down. Uh, groundwater, because it tends to be managed as a long-term source, we don't really see it be too affected. The state water project, however, uh, does drop down to 900 acre feet per uh, Department of Water Resources delivery capability report. And the reason we did show it in this slide is because we anticipate, the city of Ventura anticipates using SWP water when other supplies are cut back, even though it's it itself is cut back. We do, it is needed to um, make up for lot, other lost supplies. So um, it is shown in this one. And then uh, planned potable reuse um, comes online. Sorry, that was also in the other table. It comes online um, towards the end of our planning period. And our, you can see that we have a quite a more dramatic uh, change in the difference between supplies and demands between a single dry year and in a normal year. We have a little bit less of a definitely in 2025 before our other plant supplies come online, um, less of a buffer. So 2026 and I can, if it helps, I will show the multiple, the next slide we show with a multiple dry year scenario. So um, this is kind of a, we can go to the next slide. It's a more extensive uh, look at what a drought means. Um, so kind of in the first year of a multiple year drought, we still have a decent buffer between supplies and demand. Then it gets progressively tighter as the drought goes on, which is what we expect to see. So, and I guess, I think this is a, the end of my presentation, but I'm happy to discuss any other aspects of the urban planner. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We get needed to discuss the next steps. <laughs> so we're uh, looking to get comments uh, by May 5th, 2021. Um, then we will present again, uh, the revised urban water management plan to water commission. Um, then it is scheduled to go to city council in June. So we can meet DWR's uh, deadline of uh, July 1st. It will be adopted in a public hearing. And then it goes to the Department of Water Resources and the State Library, and it needs to be made available to uh, the public through the Ventura, uh, either hard copy or I'm assuming in these days online uh, for the public to review and find. And it, it goes into a big state database as well. People can find it through the state database. So. Uh, Betsy, I don't know if you wanted to do the staff recommendation. Um, does any other members of the commission have any other questions or comments? Uh, I have, I have one. Ms. Clyde. Um, 
did did we receive the draft urban water management plan because i don't i don't think i can't find it i i don't i haven't seen it do we actually have the plan uh, i'll answer that question it was printed and delivered to myself and it is uh, online so i i don't know about the other commissioners though um, it was in the packet I got a hard copy of it. All right, well, uh, I guess I missed it somehow. Sorry. Um, all right, I'm not hearing anything further from the commissioners. Do, do we I have one, one question? Just yes. Can yes. I just ask Betsy a question? Yes, is it the intention of staff to use? Uh, my question is, is it the plan to use 1300 acre feet a year of state project water for blending um yeah we want to improve water quality on the um east end and we've determined that a ratio of um th that 1300 we'd like to also have continuous flow through the pipe um, um okay so and we'd like to have a consistent water quality blend with with um so so we haven't to find all the operational scenarios, et cetera, of this, but but um, just preliminary numbers right now are we'd like to have a constant blend in the east end for the customers out there, and um, the 1,300 acre feet looks like it gives us a um, you know um, I can't remember now what the target um, TDH was when we came up with that, but it, it gives a I think we're about 1,200 out there right now, and it gives us about. 900 or something like that TDS. So, um, so, so would yeah. you be comfortable changing that table? Would you be comfortable putting 1300 in that table? Um, the normal your table. I, I, yeah, I have to think about it, but yes, that could be a, a option. We've kind of talked about that. Um, so that might be a good, a good number to put in there. Okay. okay. So I, I'm sorry. I have a question <laughs> for the table, the normal year table. What if we split state water project between state water project delivered for water quality and state water project as needed? Divided it into two rows. That add up to 5,400. Oh, what do you mean by as needed? Well, to make it, so I guess my understanding is how the city wants to use the state water project source is if there's some problem with another supply, if there's like a reduction in another supply. So we, and, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean the supply itself is reduced, it's your infrastructure's ability to move it or you know something else that prevents you from using it. So that could happen even in a normal year, even if it's rained and we have normal weather. Um, uh, the example that just comes to mind is when uh, Lake Casitas has a, um, like it's just an infection byproduct problem. It'd be nice to be able to replace the Casitas water while that issue gets resolved with state water project water. So that would be an as needed kind of situation. Um, may I ask you also, Ms. Uh, if Casitas, if the dire predictions occur and there's not sufficient rate uh, runoff, for example, for Casitas to fill the lake, then under our arrangements, we would be getting, could utilize part of Casitas' state water allocation, would you be including that also? 
I would not be including it where you saw it in the table. Um, you so we would count that probably as a transfer or an exchange, and that appears on uh, a different part of their water management plan. You'll see it when you review it. Um, if you guys had, um, so there's a couple of things that have to be in place for us to count things as a supply. So you would probably need an agreement or at least the financing, at least the rough terms of that agreement laid out where you could take Casitas water. We could put it in there. We'd of course explain that, but yeah, right now it is not described as such though. You taking Casitas's allocation. All right, are there any other questions from the commissioners or comments staff? Do we have anybody from the public who has joined us? Yes, we have one person, uh, Bert Handy. Clerk, will you please bring him? Bert, you're unmuted. Mr. Handy, can you hear us? Bert, you are unmuted. You can start. Um, while we're not being able to hear Bert, um, my suggestion would be for Mr. Handy to uh, exit the meeting and rejoin and possibly we could try again. Um, since we can't at the end of the meeting, uh, I think we do have a place for public comment. Uh, if you can get on by then, would that be appropriate at that point? That would be fine with me. Um, I do know Mr. Handy has signed up for uh, agenda item number three to speak as well. So hopefully he can rejoin by that time as well. All right, well, given that small glitch, uh, we can do that. So I guess at this point. Um, two more questions, please. Yes, please. Um, whether it's Jenny or Betsy or um, Meredith on table 3.4 on four, page 47. Why are the totals the same under all the years when it says for different year types? Could you say where you're looking again, please? Yeah, page 47 or page 3-10 or table 3-4 of the actual draft report. Okay, I got to scroll just a second. So, um, Ms. McCombs, could you ask your question one more time, please? Sure. This is in a section that's entitled groundwater supplies, normal, comma, single dry, and multiple dry year. And yet the figures under each of the scenarios, under each of the five years shown, are the same. That's not intuitive to me about what it is we're trying to get across. As a consequence, it seems to me, presumably those would be different. I'm not understanding what what this table is intended to do if it's the same figure under each of three scenarios in each of five different time periods. So, I guess, keep in mind this table, just the table 3, 4 that uh, commissioners are referring to is just for groundwater. There are like tables for. Um, Ventura River, Casitas, um, right. your other supply sources, basically. Yep. So this one just is reflecting uh, supplies for groundwater. And 
our anticipation and actually based on historic, we don't see um, a big variation in groundwater supplies over time, even uh, after uh, five years of droughts. So, for example, Mound Basin, we're showing in a normal year 4,000, in a single dry year 4,000, and after multiple dry years 4,000. Uh, we do show Oxnard Plain. Um, we show it ramping down in time, but not by year type, because it is managed as a long-term resource. Um, and Santa Paula Basin um, is the same. We don't, based on our past experience with Santa Paula Basin and what we know now, uh, how it's managed, we don't anticipate it um, having reduced allocation even after a five-year drought. This table is unique, however, to groundwater. It does not, um, you would not see similar uh, numbers, for example, and I, I could, in tables for a state water project or Ventura River or Casitas. So they, that I'll, just I'll basically just... reflects that the groundwater is a kind of a long-term, managed more long-term. Okay. So Jenny, I just think you need to be prepared to address questions from council when they say, so why in all these other contexts do we talk about diminishing supplies in the various groundwater basins if we're then going to say it's all going to be the same under various scenarios. Um, my second question relates to table 3-8, which is on page 3-17 or on page 54 of the draft report itself. Um, and my question relates to under the section regarding state water for 2030, I, I don't understand why we start at 2000, go up to 3300, go down to 1300, go back up to 3800, and then go down to 1100. What are what are we trying to get across there? All right, Ms. McCombs. Yep. Yes. Again, again um, keeping in mind that there might be those who are, who are trying to follow this, uh, I appreciate your comments. Could you, what table again are you referring to, please? 3-8. 3-8, right? Hard copy I have is on page 3-17 right. or page 54. Correct. So, and I apologize, I'm gonna throw out another page number, which is important to understanding the table 3-8. Um, table 3-8 is assuming a repeat of a hydrology on the state water project system. And these this hydrology is set by the Department of Water Resources when they do their delivery capability report. So the first, the five-year drought that they look at that they think is most representative for us going forward is a repeat of what happened in 1930. So a repeat in the hydrology of 1930, Ventura would get 2,000 acre feet. A repeat of 1931, which is the second year in our drought hydrology, uh, would get you 3,300. Uh, the third year hydrology, 1932, would get you 1,300. Uh, 1933 would get you 3,800, and 1934 would get you 1,100. That is um, up on page 313 where that is explained, but that's why you see that in table 3.8. It's uh, assuming a repeat of the hydrology on the state water project system from 1930 to 1934. Okay. And I would suggest we need some better footnote that takes the reader from that table back to that page in the text. Thank you. If I can answer Suzanne's groundwater question, 
Yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, so I think, Suzanne, I think because of Sigma, I think we're, this is why we're able to do these longer term projections and because the groundwater sustainability agencies are required to do this long-term planning towards sustainability, and those planning exercises include different climate scenarios, um, I think it, it forces them into this longer-term planning where say, if we need cuts, we make them up front um, versus having to make these cuts during these longer-term droughts. So um, I think, Time will tell whether or not that's how that works, but that's the intent of that, I believe, and I think that's how it's going to work. And so for for Oxnard Plain, like we said, we have long-term cuts programmed into there, but it's not subject to annual variations in rainfall. And then for Mound Basin, it's looking like there's not going to be a programmed cut as long as we stick with our 4,000 acre feet um, projection. Um, and like I said, like Meredith said, for Santa Paula Basin, we do, it's adjudicate, you know, it's, we have, it's adjudicated um, and we do have drought scenarios, but with the current um, technical work that's being done in the basin, at this point, we don't believe that a flat, the long-term drought would result in those cuts at this point. So again, we'll update that in the next five years, but where we sit right now, that's, that's how we're thinking about groundwater. Does anybody else on the commission have any questions or comments? And Bob and Bert, Candy is back on, uh, on audio. So if a uh, good chance for public comment on this item, uh, let me know. You can have me speak. Mr. Hansen, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, good evening, uh, council member, or pardon me, committee members. My thought is on the section three potential water sources, the San Juan area, in my opinion, should be listed as a potential water source. The reason I say that is you are listing the desal plant as a potential water source. And you also have Taylor Ranch, which is probably going to run a development over there. And they are going to have to figure out a way to treat the water that they have, which they are currently pulling out in excess of 4,000 acre feet a year out of the water that they have available over there. I believe the city has another accessible water source in the San Juan area, and it should be drilled and be listed as a potential water source in the plan. Thank you. Do we have any other uh, members of the public other than Mr. Handy? No, we do not. All right. Um, that given, um, I would entertain a motion that we receive the Urban Water Management Plan of 2020, um, subject to all of the comments that have been submitted thus far. Do I hear a motion from any member of the commission? Is this uh, a votable item, Miles? Uh, yes, Chair McCord, uh, you are welcome to vote on this item, uh, but you don't need to since it's just uh, receiving the report. 
Um, but you are welcome to entertain a motion on it if you would like to. Um, I, I, if I did not say it, I intended, I thought we needed a motion to receive it, not not approve it. Am I correct? Uh, you can entertain a motion to receive the report. Well, given the comments then that we've heard and there's some conflict in them, perhaps my invitation to do that would not work at this point. Uh, and we had to move forward to May. So I guess we could move on to agenda item three at this point. And Chair, can I okay. make a, just a quick comment? Um, and uh, I believe we mentioned that comments were due, written comments were due by May 5th, correct Betsy? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if we can get those in, thank you. Thank you. All right, I think that completes that. Uh, thank you for the presentation. Uh, that was really a spirited exchange and it's greatly appreciated, believe me. Um, so I guess that takes us to item three, which is the 2021 final draft comprehensive water resource report. Uh, who will be presenting for us tonight? Uh, Jenny will be presenting tonight. Yes, I'm gonna. Good All evening. Right. Um, I am coming to you from uh, a hotel room in Utah. So if I have any technical difficulties, Betsy will take over. And I'm gonna turn my video off just to uh, preserve my bandwidth here. Okay. So um, as hopefully you received in your packet, the um, final draft for the 2021 Comprehensive Water Resources Report. Uh, next. Okay, and just as a review, uh, this is our annual analysis of short-term, well, this year, just short-term water supply and demand uh, using a standardized method. Um, and then also establishes whether a water shortage uh, event exists, water shortage stage exists. Next. Okay, so we asked for comments on the draft 2021 CWRR, and we received five comments from water commissioners, one member of the public um, at the time we prepared the presentation, um, and those comments are, and responses are summarized uh, in the comment matrix that was provided as attachment A in the packet. Next. So we made... Um, Several major revisions in response to those comments. Um, first was uh, we always add the executive summary um, after the draft is done and it's part of the final, but we did um, pare the um, executive summary down quite a bit uh, from prior years. Um, I believe those were shown as red lines in the draft. And then um, in response to comment, we removed a lot of the um, older information on water demand factors and historic land use, um, some other things primarily in, I think, um, section three um, that were carryovers from older reports that we didn't feel like needed to be included anymore. Um, and then partially in response to comments and discussion um, at the last meeting uh, regarding um, the um, why we were projecting normal supplies in 2025. We decided that uh, because we're doing the urban water management plan this year and those projections go through 20, 2045 and include, as we discussed earlier, 
multiple scenarios, not just a normal scenario. We decided to remove 2025 and 2030 from this year's CWRR and focus on a short-term supply comparison. Um, and then uh, we added the water savings and acre feet um, for the water efficiency programs. Um, I think that was in section five. Um, and then uh, we made provisions to section six um, following discussion at the March meeting uh, to be consistent with the final water shortage contingency plan. Next. Okay, so this is just some of these next tables are just a reminder. Um, we're using the five year baseline demand of 14,030 acre feet um, for our demand projections. Next. And then we add our projected growth um, from uh, approved and um, in progress development projects. Um, and so then that gets you this uh, projected demands. In the right hand column. Next. Okay, and then this is our revised table 4 3. Um, and we say we'll have our existing supply capacity and then three years of drought um, supply projections. And I don't, I don't believe we changed these numbers. We just deleted the 2025 and 2030. And so, because we're only doing the next 3 years, state water and Ventura water pure um, are no longer included in this table, but they are still included in the text. Next. Okay, and so then that leads us to the um, sort of conclusions of the report, which is to. Um, Look at the water shortage of a contingency plan and determine whether or not a shortage exists. And so we have our. Our 2021 supply projection, which is 16,345 acre feet. And then we look at our demand projections with this 14,210 acre feet. But then we also look at whether or not we need to um, provide a climate adjustment factor. Um, this year's rainfall as of March 15th was only 23% of normal. So we will apply a 10% upward adjustment. Um, which gets the demand to 15,631 acre feet. However, um, the, the um, demand is still less than supply by about 4.6%. Um, so there is no uh, water shortage date triggered and the city may rescind the stage two declaration from last year. And that would be effective on July 1st, 2021. Next. And then this is this is a revised table um, six one in the report where we just we do the um, the next three years um, and we did add um, adjusted projected demand as a worst case scenario and so you'll see the percent difference um, between um, projected demand and projected supply but also that um, percent difference in the adjusted projected demand and we use the ten percent adjustment to to just illustrate a worst case scenario. So best case scenario, we have a 15%, 22%, 14% difference. And worst case scenario, we have 4.6, 11.1, and 5.8 in the out years. Next. Okay, and so um, we are proposing some additional revisions based on um, uh, comments received after the draft went out and also um, something um, that happened uh, administratively after the draft 
right as the draft was going out. Um, so the first one is that we will be adding um, 85 acre feet to the supply capacity for the Santa Paula Basin. And that's it as a result of water rights transfer from parklands development. And that it just the final paperwork on that just went through. So that's why it wasn't. We didn't know when it was going to go through, so we didn't include it in the draft, but it came through in time to be included in the urban water management plan. And so we've decided to edit the water shortage contingency plan and um, this CWRR to reflect that 85 acre feet. That will only show up in the supply capacity um, table. Um, and, and I think in section six, where there's a discussion of supply capacity in that um, the last table in section six, but we won't, we're not able to um, pump that additional 85 acre feet right now. Um, so that it's not included in the supply projections for 2021, 22 or 23. Um, and then we are, there was in response to a comment from a commissioner, there was, I think for table four, three, we, as I said, we removed, um, 2025 and 2030, and we we staff neglected to uh, look at the title of the table. And I think um, there was a commissioner proposal to uh, make the title more consistent with the with the edited table. So we're proposing to change the title to summary projected water supply under drought conditions. And uh, Ventura Water Pure did not get deleted from the the draft report, so that will be removed as well. Um, and then there were some minor. Um, editorial uh, comments, uh, errors that were caught by commissioners that will be corrected. Next. Okay, so we are um, asking for you to receive this written report and oral presentation on the draft 2021 Comprehensive Water Resources Report, um, and then recommend the City Council rescind the current Stage 2 water shortage event effective July, 2021. And I think that's the last slide. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Trebo. Do any of the commissioners have any questions? I just have a comment. Yes, please. I just wanted to say thank you in particular to Nova and Susan, whose um, submitted comments I thought were particularly helpful and really made a substantial improvement in the report. So I appreciate them taking the time to provide those detailed comments and to staff for taking the time to redline all of them so we could see the impact. So thank you. Does anybody else have any comments, suggestions? Uh, I too would like to add my um, praise of uh, the red line report and all the materials, although when the packet arrived at my doorstep, I practically hyperventilated. Okay, it was, in, it was massive. But anyway, uh, Ms. Trebo, thank you for the presentations from afar. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to do that. And, uh, if there are no other questions, we I would entertain two separate motions. One is to receive the written report with the oh. modifications proposed. I'm sorry, I'm Bob, sorry. we have that public up. comment. We may have public comments, excuse me. Yes, we do have uh, Bert Handy who wishes right. to speak. Bert, you're unmuted. Good evening, Water Commission. 
couple things that I looked at and I saw that I think uh, should be addressed possibly. I just sent you folks a chart showing the average GPD slash DU for single family and multifamily residents. It was sent uh, via the Water Commission. And I did a review of all the information. And in the, in the information, you have 229 for a SFR and 163 for a MFR. If you take the information on the last five-year and three-year average, it comes down to 205 per SFR and 153 for MFR. If you take the nine-year average, which would be from 2012 to 2020, it's 229 for SFR and 163 for MFR. I believe for the potential usage to evaluate future water usage, you should be using the lower amounts of 205 and 153 versus what you're currently using of 229 and 164. Additionally, on page 4-8, the recycled water in the statement above, it has gone from, I believe, 0.67 uh, million gallons a day to 2.0 million gallons a day. I believe the capacity on that should show the total amount of 222.40 acre feet a year. And the reason I say that is the recycled water is going to be used for the pure water system, and that is what is available out of that source. All that's saying is what is available in the capacity, not saying what we're using. I think that table should reflect that amount of water that is capable of being used in the current conditions. And if you want to say what the 570 some odd acre feet that you're using currently is what is capable for what we have, that would be fine. But I believe capacity should show 2240. Thank you. Do we have any other members of our community who have comments? No, that was it. Um, is there any further discussion or comments from members of the commission? Um, that said, then um, the staff has recommended two things. First, to receive the written report and presentation with the modifications of the 2021 final draft comprehensive water resources report. I invite a motion uh, to approve that. So it is take it then there's no motion to, to receive the report. Do, do we need to? Um, it, given the comments, I, I would I think it would be appropriate because just to say to leave it as it stands, I suppose, would be uh, it would be of no moment. Uh, so I guess the answer would be we don't need to. Uh, I was just following along with the staff's recommendation. So, Chair McCord. So, go ahead, Miles. Um, I would recommend uh, you you vote on both of these recommendations, and you could either uh, handle them as uh, individual motions, or you can um, handle it as uh, one grouped motion and vote on them together. 
So I think Chair McCord is requesting a motion on the first recommendation A. Um, that that is correct, and I do that because of the significance of of the second recommendation. I will move that we receive the written report and the presentation on the final draft 2021 Comprehensive Water Resources Report. Do we have a second? I'll second that. All right, please call for the vote. Commissioner Ackerman. Yes. Commissioner Clyte. Yes. Commissioner McCombs. Yes. Commissioner Mulligan. Yes. Commissioner McCord. Yes. Uh, that then turns us to recommend um, the second recommendation is to rescind the stage two water shortage event declaration to be effective July 1st of 2021. I would invite a motion to that effect. This is Susan. I so move. I will second that. This is Nova. If the secretary could then call the vote. Commissioner Ackerman. Yes. Commissioner Clyte. Yes. Commissioner McCombs. Yes. Commissioner Mulligan. Yes. Commissioner McCord. Yes. That passes. So I then think that takes us to the next agenda item, um, which would be agenda item number four, utilization of the city state water project table A and the proposal to sell that to another agency. Do we have a presentation on that? Yes, that we would do. be Jenny. All right, okay. Ms. Trebo. All right. Yes, yeah, so uh, next, Deborah. Okay, so just as a reminder, um, we have our uh, history of our state water project allocation um, and our our table A, our uh, entitlement is for um, 10,000 acre feet. Next. Um, so for, uh, for 2020, so as I said, our, our, our entitlement is for 10,000 acre feet, but every year DWR, uh, tells us the allocation and also our, our costs, uh, to DWR vary annually, uh, based on, um, energy costs and financing costs and, and another thing. So, um, our total estimated cost of DWR, DWR, um, for 2021 are 1.47 million. Um, reimbursable costs are a little bit lower. Uh, there's some things that are not eligible for reimbursement. It's 1.1 million. Um, the state water allocation this year started out in December of 2020 at 10%. Um, however, in March uh, 2021, it was dropped to 5%. Final allocation does not come until May. It's possible that it could be below 5%, but right now we're going to 
or above, but um, right now we're going to go with it's 5%. That's the likely uh, allocation at this point. Next. Um, so we have, as the staff report noted, we have uh, interest from the San Gornio Pass Water Agency um, who dealt with in the past to transfer our entire Table A allocation to them this year. Um, they will pay the city $600 per acre foot for that water um, at the current allocation of um, 500 acre feet. Uh, we'll receive $300,000. Um, and Casitas Municipal Water District is also considering a transfer with San Bernardino Pass Water Agency. They'll, the board will consider that at a later date. Um, and then uh, once um, Water Commission and, if, and City Council um, approve this deal, then we'll get um, approval from DWR and a non-objection agreement from the Watershed Protection District. Next. So, that is the end of my short presentation. Uh, we're requesting that Water Commission make a recommendation to City Council to authorize the transfer of the city state water project stability allocation for 2021 to San Rio Pass Water Agency. That concludes my presentation. Thank you, Ms. Trebo. Does the uh, commission member have any questions about this? Yes, Ms. Combs. Um, so, Jenny, why is the rate on an acre foot so much lower this year than in prior years? The per acre foot amount is not lower than prior years. It's just this allocation is so low that the, the total uh, price is lower. Do any other commission members have any other questions? Um, I, Mr. Trebo, I have a question. Building upon Ms. McCombs' question, uh, we're, they're paying less because there is less? That seems illogical. Well, well, so the per acre, so in the past, um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, I think it was in the staff report, in the past, they've they've paid us. Uh, I think on an acre foot basis, anywhere between two fifty and four hundred, four fifty perhaps. I think it was. In, if it wasn't in the staff report, I can pull those numbers up. I just don't have them in front of me. Um, so the six hundred dollars per acre foot is an increase in the per acre foot cost that they've paid for water from us in the past. Um, but because the allocation is so low, when you multiply that times five hundred, it's it's not as much money as we have recouped in the past. Any members of the uh, Ms. McCombs, you have a question? Yeah, and is there in the past part of the part of the agreement was that they would have to transfer back some of the water at a point in the future? Is that also under you know assumed or because the amount is so low that element's not present? So in prior years we have done an exchange um, because that was the only allowable transaction um, by DWR. And that um, required the um, agency acquiring the allocation to return a percentage of that allocation to the granting agency at a future date. Uh, because the um, water um, 
can't remember what, uh, the amendments were passed that um, water management amendments passed pre prior um, a few a couple months ago. Uh, transfers are now allowed, and with a transfer, the receiving agency is not required to uh, return water in the future. Uh, any other questions from members of the commission? Do we have allocations from past uh, agreements uh, with this uh, uh, agency that they owe us in the future? We do. Um, I think that was um, described in the comprehensive water resources report. Um, I don't have those numbers in front of me. It's like, um, but I can send, we can send that a summary table out. Uh, Jenny, I can provide them if you'd like. That would be great. Uh, so the amount as a result of these agreements, it states that San Gorgonio is obligated to return 2,575 acre feet of water to the city by 2030. Thank you, Mark. Any other questions or comments from members of the commission? Not hearing any, do we have any members of the public who want to comment? Yes, we do. We have one member by the name of Lance Kirk Eckhart. Mr. Eckhart, you are unmuted. Oh, thank you. This, uh, my name is Lance Eckhart. I'm the general manager of San Gregorio Pass Water Agency. And I just wanted to express uh, my thanks for working with staff who have been great for our fourth year of uh, transfer now transferring used to be exchanging water and uh, appreciate a smaller contractors working together hopefully for uh, you know mutual benefit to defray costs and and uh, get water that we need down here down south and hoping to continue the relationship so thank you very much and uh, I hope to see you again oh that that was a very nice message thank you for joining with that. Um, I would entertain an appropriate motion from a member of the commission on this subject. I'll, I'll make a, rec a motion that the water commission recommend to city council, the authorization of the transfer of our state water project table a allocation for 2021 for San Gregorio pass as described in the staff report. I'll second that. All right, if our secretary would please call for the vote. Commissioner Ackerman? Yes. Commissioner Kleit? Yes. Commissioner McCombs? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner McCord? Yes. That passes. All right. That now takes us to agenda item five um, concerning the adjustment of the water and wastewater service rates and the monthly charges. Um, I don't know who will be presenting this um, for us tonight. So Chair Miles um, Hogan, City Attorney, will um, okay. be doing this for us. Go ahead, Miles. 
Hello again, uh, Chair, Water Commissioners, and members of the public. I'm just going to make a brief oral presentation on this item. Uh, as you'll recall, the Water Commission went through an extensive process uh, with city staff and uh, the city's uh, rate consultants, and that culminated in the January Water Commission meeting of the Water Commission recommending um, water and wastewater rate adjustments, as well as water shortage surcharge rates um, to go to city council. Uh, we are currently in the process of the Prop 218, uh, 218 noticing period of 45 days before there will be a public hearing on May 17th before city council. After that public hearing, if it's determined that there is no majority protest, then the city council can consider ordinances uh, to effectuate the proposed rate increases. So before you tonight, uh, uh, Ms. Rungren and I wanted to make sure you saw the proposed ordinance uh, that would codify the rate changes, as well as uh, the policy recommendations that are included in those uh, rate recommendations uh, from uh, the January meeting that Water Commission approved. Uh, for this item, uh, we do not need a vote on it, but uh, if you have any questions or feedback at this time, uh, Ms. Rungren and I would like to hear any feedback that you may have. Thank you. Um, do members of the commission have any questions or comments? Not hearing any, uh, do we have anybody from the public that wishes to address the commission or on this subject? No, we do not. I take it then that a motion is not necessary um, and we can proceed beyond this point. Am I correct? Uh, yes, Chair McCord, and uh, uh, thank you for your time. And if you, if anybody has any comments after the meeting, uh, they can feel free to uh, uh, shoot me an email with those comments. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. Well, so that I think then think at this stage of the meeting, it takes us to the public comment section. Um, do we have anybody who falls into that category? Yes, we do. We have one. It's Trevor Gotsman. Or can you put him through? Trevor, you are unmuted. Hi, good evening, everybody. Thank you. It's been an interesting hour or so. I appreciate hour and a half. Um, I, my comment really comes down to I, I'm fortunate enough to have the time to observe and find out what's going on. And um, I believe that we live in a wonderful place and we've got a tremendous residence and we've got all um, our talents and but we're entitled in many ways and as when i say we're entitled we get used to it we've all got our habits that we get used to like turning on the tap and we just turn on the tap and we don't know where the water comes from most of us um just do it and we don't carry it anymore we don't go to the river and carry the bucket and bring it back and boil it and do the old school way but and we know we live in shaky grounds and we know these are real 
potential situations. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm really just saying these are our ancestors will say to us, drink from the living waters, drink and drink often for your systems will break. And it's a metaphor for everything, but really just the vitality. So to, oh, I'm asking that some way to incorporate and I'm glad to lead and assist in any way possible and use my home and the, what resources I can bring to the table to incorporate our community, to understand where our water comes from, how to preserve it, how to conserve it, how to care for it. We're all water, mostly. Um, when we don't have water, a lot of animals don't go and drink water, they eat whatever they eat. Um, and that's got the water in it. We can grow, you know, and so we can conserve our own little supplies of agaves and whatever else, um, fruits and all those types of things that we do. And we live in this type of a place that we can. And I'm, so I'm asking to see if there's a way that we can incorporate within the water board. And I'm trying to, trying to incorporate the whole city, all the branches of the cities into a holistic place where we can understand everybody, communicate well with everybody. And water being the most fundamental of everything, um, I feel if we can get back to understanding where it comes from, we're all kids in that fun sense. And so if we can all find out and approach the who manages our water where, and then have this resource, as I said, I'll open my home in a way that will invite the public to share the information that I we gather and um, that's transparent enough. The city's a fantastic, got a fantastic centralized sort of location for sharing the same information of, and seeing it from alternative perspectives that we all come from. So I think um, that's what I'm asking and that's all I'm going to say um, because I will be present as much as possible and because Dan was brought up early on the meeting and I think Dan's spirit is always is present in all of us and that's why he keeps coming back. And so with that, I think, um, you know, just keep a, keep an Ms. eye Ms. on the tap. I'm sorry, your time is up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you, sir. Uh, I'm sure everyone appreciated those comments. Do we have any anybody else in the community who wants to address the commission? Not at this time. All right. Um, I think that now takes us to commissioner communications, if any. So, I invite communications. I have one, Susan. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, my computer lost all your video. So, um, I wanted to give an update on Water Pure since I'm the commissioner's Water Pure person. I just wanted to let you know that there haven't been any meetings with that city council group. Um, and I don't have a status update yet, but I do know which uh, city council people are on the group, and it's Jim Friedman and Jeanette Palacio Sanchez, which should be good. They're both very knowledgeable about water issues. Um, uh, I'm told that the, the committee should meet in about a month to a month and a half, so I hope to have a better update for you then about how the project's proceeding, but that's all I have for now. Thank you, Ms. Mulligan. It's nice to hear that. Appreciate it. I can see you and I can hear you. <laughs> uh, are there any other communications from the commissioners? I think that then takes us to our general manager. 
I lifted my hand real quick. Hey, in the spirit of that uh, last public speaker, um, I think now is the time to double our efforts uh, with the city and communicating with the public uh, what it is we're doing and how we're doing it, like going to uh, uh, water sh shortage level one and why we're doing that and explaining that as well as ways that they can conserve water like the city has always done and remind them of the various types of water saving uh, devices and processes and things available through the city uh, to really make this uh, program work and get us through until we have a, a more stable water supply. So that's just my thought. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Anybody else have some comments? Then I guess that takes us to Ms. Rundgren. Thank you, Chair McCord. Um, uh, general manager update here. So a little bit of information on outreach. We had our community rates open house on April 19th. Thank you to Commissioner McCombs for her participation. We have another one tomorrow night. Um, and again, Commissioner Combs is gonna help us out with that. We really appreciate it again. And then on May 17th, we'll go be going to city council for the rates public hearing and hope for adoption at that time. Um, staffing update, as many of you know, I sent an email out to you about Haley Matsukawa. She's going to be leaving the city. Her last day is Friday. Um, the good news is she's going to WSC, who's a consultant that we use for a lot of our outreach efforts. Uh, we really wanna thank her for everything she's done for Ventura Water and the city as a whole. And we have other um, you know, employees who are stepping up to um, provide uh, direction and information of what she's been doing. Again, working with our communications team also um, until we get that position filled. The management analyst position that we have now in finance and technology, we, we call the old Lisa position, <laughs> is a new Jennifer. So we're gonna be meeting with her shortly with finance and technology and um, so she'll be giving quarterly updates to Water Commission. That's one of the things we'd ask her to do. Um, so we'll have more information as we go along. Uh, water utility manager recruitment still open. We have not been able to fill that yet. And a little bit um, on Ventura Water Pier, the senior management analyst interviews have been completed. Um, that's something you'll probably hear um, Commissioner Mulligan on your update. Um, and then for past council information on uh, April 12th, the authorization to apply for grant funds for Ventura Water Pier, we're going after more funds for the Bureau of Reclamation. Um, also, as Betsy mentioned last night, they adopted the water shortage event contingency plan. And also Public Works uh, just gave a receive and file report on the third quarter CIP um, update. So that's available to take a look at. Any questions on council communications? All right. Members of the commission, any questions? Okay. Um, upcoming water commission agenda items. So for the May 25th, we have the urban water management plan um, the final draft, and then that's going to go to council hopefully on June 14th, so we can meet our deadline. The water efficiency plan, um, the final, and then the draft water commission work plan. And if you recall, council had some goals 
um, every year they do goals and they wanted the commissions, the um, different planning um, agencies to basically do a work plan and present it to council. So what we are going to do is um, do a draft and then submit it for your review and um, input, if that works for the commission. And that is due, I believe, on in July. So we'll go ahead and do that at this time. So for the May agenda item. And then June 22nd, we'll have the final Water Commission work plan. Um, oh, sorry, that'll be actually June 22nd, we're going to provide that. Um, and then water resource net zero fee resolution update. And then we believe July and August, we might be dark, but that all depends on how we get through the rest of um, our meeting agendas and all the reports that are due. Any questions? Any other members of the commissions have questions for Ms. Rundgren? I just have one, if I could ask you, when you mentioned the city council wants a work plan by July, what, could you, what is the scope of that? So it's, oh, did someone say something? Um, it's basically, they, they have their specific goals. They actually have a form that we fill out. So it's, it's really helping them. For instance, one of the goals was updating the net zero policy. So that's one of the information items we would put in the, um, in the plan for water commission is updating net zero and indicate when we're taking it to commission and when we think we're going to get it done. So it's really updating council on what the water commission is working on. Okay, so it's more of a strategic document, a planning document for right. subjects right. in the future, correct? Yes. Right. thank you. Any other commissioners have questions or comments? Um, I guess that brings us to a conclusion, I think, for our meeting. Um, I would just like to remember Dan Cormode again, he'll be missed. Do I have a motion from anybody or do I need one to adjourn? Not hearing any motions, we're adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank, Thank you. you all. Good night. Good night. Great job, Chair McCord. Thank you.